0: From the USSF-approved territories of Georgia and Kentucky, and also from the FIFA-approved territory of Brooklyn, this is the Monday Review. Good morning. Bells, Vince, and Waukee here. What's the the top news?
1: Other than it being Greg Berhalter's birthday, he's 49. I think, for me, maybe the top news. It's not good news, but it's not the worst news. Weston McKinney, he's out for, it looks like, a month with a dislocated shoulder. I don't think we should panic, though.
2: <sighs> yeah. Not great news, but we got the we got the official report from Juve. Uh, um, they're calling it a capsular lesion, which uh, I have no clue what that is, really. Um, something to do with the shoulder capsule, obviously. But uh, they said he's going to be out three weeks. So, considering that the initial report was very uh, Greg Berhal- Berhalterian, In the in the fact that they said he dislocated his shoulder, um, to to end up getting the news that he's only out three weeks is is great.
1: I spent about two hours on Google trying to figure out if uh, a capsular lesion and a dislocated shoulder are the same thing, and it was inconclusive. So we'll need to get some input from the medical community on that. But I'm I'm staying positive.
0: Yeah, the all the orthopedic surgeons on Reddit were saying it was uh you know there's a lot of them on the U.S. soccer reddit page that it'd be four to six weeks at the most and he'll probably get surgery after the season because this is his second
1: uh dislocated sh- shoulder because he had the one it was a ways back right where he just went up in the air and jumped over a guy and landed straight on his shoulder
0: yeah i'm just, hoping yeah. he
1: didn't do that again in in training
0: the recklessness of youth back when he was at Shalka.
2: yeah i remember i remember that when that one was when i uh that was actually a formative moment for me Cause, cause that's when I realized I was like really, really in it deep because I was, I was sick about Weston not playing for like two weeks. <laughs> I was like for real upset. <laughs> and, that, and that's when I realized like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it at this point. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, I, I've, I've talked a lot about Tim, but Weston, well, Weston is my favorite player on the team and probably one of my favorite athletes ever, to be honest. Yeah. He, so, I mean,
1: really, uh, he should be everyone's favorite player on the team. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be telling people who their favorite player should be, but I'm right there with you, and it should be Weston McKinney for everyone.
0: Yeah, because you can, uh, you know, naturally, I went through the catalog of my mind and tried to figure out so how would we line up if we didn't have him at the World Cup. You know, worst case scenario, which, you know, DiMarzio was saying like four months. He's out for four months. That's a fairly reputable Italian publication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, y- you know, you can come up with some starting 11s that, are are credible and even exciting without Weston McKinney. but man without him it's not the same no we don't he it's i mean he's he's obviously a, a fantastic fo- footballer but it's like his uh his swagger and his confidence are necessary for this yeah. team
1: really the yeah. personality of the team at this point
2: yeah yeah and when we're when we're talking about the ceiling the ceiling of this team like it, it's it's significantly higher with Weston to to me, like if we want to, if we want to not only beat England but like really look convincing doing it, like I feel like we need Weston on the pitch. Yeah. Do you think when he comes back,
1: this shoulder thing is going to affect his long throw-ins, or should he stop doing them? He should stop doing them.
0: Yeah, according to the ortho- orthopedic surgeons on
1: Reddit. Oh, they have weighed in
0: on
2: that. That's good. I don't know if a single goal has come from him. So at, at this point, it's like yo. I, yeah. I mean, it was a, we gave it the old college try, but. It was a
0: nice little novelty. <laughs> he can't throw far, though. He sure can.
1: Gio Reyna, he returned. He he's still good. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it's not a surprise, but he's definitely still good. He's kind of easing into it, though. Does it feel yeah. a little bit like a trade? Wes is out. Gio's back. That's what I was thinking, and that's is a problem we've been dealing with for years now. We keep. Someone right. comes in and we we'll have another one go out, and it seems like basically it's just Geo and Weston going back and forth. We'd have to do the chronology to figure out if there's something going on there, but there's a lot of swaps going on.
2: Well, the the, the thing was, I was thinking that because we we all uh, tuned in at what was it nine thirty or whatever and started to watch Norwich, that uh, you know, all, like yeah. all of our collective anguish and despair from that game actually turned into something and propel Gio Reyna's presence in the lineup. Yeah, You know, and, and, and then we, you know, we, we get the Western news, but uh, yeah, it was good to see Gio play, man. He's uh, it's good to see Gio play. He was, he, he definitely had his governor on and I don't, I don't think we've really seen him go full bore for like a, a long time now, even when he was playing, when he came back in between injuries, he, he wasn't going.
1: I say he just should just very gradually loosen that governor up. Don't rush it though. We'll just just try a little bit harder every game. Part of it is he just looks looks kind of casual and smooth on the ball. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, to quote the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas, he was going gently. I mean, you know, I don't do that often. I'm not going to quote Welsh (laughs) poets very often, especially not in the current climate where we're going to play Wales, but it's a perfect phrase for it. He was going gently, but he he does, like you said, he kind of does look like he's casual even when he's 100% so it's kind of hard to tell
2: well well that's the thing I was thinking about that he was a midfielder in a 4-3-3 like I don't know if that's like how he interprets that position or if he if he is just chilling because that that game that he was playing in where he I think where he redid the hammy the third time Mm -hmm. when he was playing midfield it it was like that's the same thing going on so uh but yeah, Gio, please take it as as, yeah. as as lightly as you need to. Just find little gaps in the midfield and just
1: plunk her down there and then jog around some. <laughs> and then down. do some nice-looking controls and passes.
0: A little bit of a teaser. We hope to record the Iran-USA 1998 recap this week at some point. We hope to. We'll see if that works out. But, man, I, I just got done watching that game very carefully over the weekend. And Claudio and Gio are so similar as players obviously they're blood relatives but the way that claudio played back then is so much like the way Gio plays now
1: yeah i guess the and Gio is more probably more athletic is the main differentiator right yeah, maybe a little more technical too i don't know it's hard to say and he's got, did, does did claudio
0: have that little chop move that Gio does he does the little chop he does the, he did he he did those – you know, the way Gio will just stroke it with the outside of his boot kind of across the field, and it, yeah. looks, it looks like he's not even trying. Claudio did that a lot too. Very, very ball secure. Like you, nobody's taking the ball off, either one of them. You love to see it. Should we talk about your favorite player, Vince? Let's do it. Who's your favorite player?
2: Brendan Aronson. Well, one Brendan Aronson. Uh, you know, he <laughs>
1: – You've been
2: a long time –
1: huge proponent of him in every way. So to see him go out there and do three assists is really exciting for you and us because we've been really behind him pretty
2: hard long, the whole time. Long-time appreciator, long-time proponent, long-time uh, advocate of uh, <laughs> Brendan Aronson. And yeah, like like Waki said, he had uh, three assists this weekend in a uh, in a friendly against Cagley. It, it's supposed to be what? R- remember this? It's It sounds like Calory. I think we can say glory
1: That's not right.
0: It's phonetically, to be Cagliari, but that's not really what it is, right? It's different.
1: Cagliari. Yeah. That's what people I think people get what team we're talking about now. And he, Aronson really, one of the assists, he really threaded it. If it you have, gorgeous. if somehow I haven't seen that, you should make sure you see it. It was gorgeous. Out, transition moment, as
0: is his uh, custom. And he plays a outside of the boot ball. One of those outside of the boot balls where you really put your whole body into it, you know, to get down and put it
1: and hit it just hard enough to slip through. You put your whole body in it if you're not Giorena. Everyone else puts their whole body in it. Yeah, that's right.
0: What did you think of the, def- the defending, though?
1: Well, it, well so that's the thing. When a pass looks really good, it's because it doesn't look like there's a pass there to begin with, and you gotta, you got to play it on faith and hope. You know, you play a good pass, but you hope for maybe a little bit of a mistake in defending, and we had kind of a perfect storm of all that here. So the key is just do that a bunch, and it, it really worked this time. It like went between two guys. They're moving. One of them gets kind of stumble footed,
2: and the ball's through. Yo, I will say that uh, bells. You you mentioned it was a transition moment, and I would say that that Brendan kind of he, he kind of created it though. That's true because it, it it like it wasn't really um, like a like a I'm not even gonna say the team, but and their attack broke down. Uh, ball kind of fell to Brendan. And, uh, the, the, the burst he showed right there was kind of nice to like, basically zoom past the people that were around him to create basically a, a AVP situation where he could thread that ball. But, um, uh, yeah. And also, um, you know, we had another yank on the field for leads, um, Tyler Adams. He was very good. You could easily forget it if you were, um, you know, just paying attention on Twitter that Tyler. Yeah, Adams Easily. Was I,
1: he was not mentioned. <laughs>
2: And the thing was, like, um, I was watching mostly, like, I, I actually didn't see all three assists live. Um, I, like, I just watched the first half, and Tyler Adams was absolutely balling in the first half. He seems like, he like was he's playing really well for Leeds in really the really well. preseason. Yeah.
1: Tyler's not a player who drives a ton of Twitter activity in general, except when he went to the very beginning of his Leipzig career, when he was kind of the most exciting thing we had going for a while.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he you know,
1: he's he was, kind, of, he's kind of a role player in terms of internet activity. You just, you're not going to get that many likes by tweeting about how Tyler Adams is doing a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, goals and assists, man. That's all that matters. And I, I want to mention that Brendan's other two assists were pretty nice, too. One was a little lifted, clipped ball from the right, from the end line right of the goal, right into the face of the goal for Rodrigo to tap it in. The other was a free kick that was hit wonderfully. And uh, headed in by a guy named R- Robin Cock, which is uh, a name that was made fun of a little bit on the internet.
2: Oh, I see why that would be made fun of. Sorry. I'm, I mean, I, I, it's, I, ca- it's Cock. Yeah, cock I, don't, I don't even know what you want us to do with that, Bills.
0: Sorry. sorry, not just ignore it. It's
2: Robin like It's reproductive Robin Hood. Different.
0: And his last it's name slang is. Slang term. Yeah. Like K O C H, like, uh,
2: like the like the political figures in the Republican party. Need all my scally lads to stand up. <laughs> um, so, so is,
0: is Brendan worth was, was Brendan worth 30 million?
2: I mean, you, you know, based on the returns of preseason so far, he's looking like an $85 million player to me. He's going to say 85. Yeah, I mean, he's 80, worth 85 at least, you know, top, top class. I mean, we're, we're so lucky to have a player like Brendan Aronson to warm the bench during the world cup. That would be cannot wait to see it.
0: I will say, you know, sort of reference the point about Weston early. I, I tried to make about Weston earlier. I I am excited to see what Brendan does for the national team when he's on the field. He does bring some something special, I think, like with that those quick decisions and energy and passing. But yeah, I don't think he should start
1: either. I don't know people I mean, are be mad at us if he if he keeps a. Up- if he's playing a bunch and playing well and is really dynamic, he's, he's going to be kind of hard to keep off the field.
0: Yeah. But we just know that with our current setup and the way our team plays together, that, um, I mean, Tim way, I hate, I hate to keep saying it, but Tim Weah was our most dangerous player throughout world cup qualifying. And he fits that. He stretches that line on the right side. So well, he moves off the ball so well. It, I, I, I can't imagine taking him off.
2: Like, he might not start for us in the World Cup.
0: You mean if is fully healthy and plays right wing?
2: Yeah. So it's like, I mean, ain't no shame. No shame. Yeah. It, it takes a village. It will. We're going to have two, if everybody's fully healthy, we're going to have
0: two starting 11 deserving players on the bench. The other American at Leeds, Jesse Marsh, the coach, gave a typically candid interview after the game, kind of rambly perhaps a little overly earnest, which Mm -hmm. we have, you know, a phenomenon we have discussed on this podcast. But he said he was happy with the way they started finishing chances in the second half, which they haven't always done. He also said they need to work on transition defense and that he feels like they're getting better, but it'll be a process. And he's still stressed, which I imagine he is. Lots of positive response to all of that online in the wake of a 6-2 friendly win. One exception I thought was kind of funny was Twitter user Ryan Rhodes, who said, and I quote, bollocks, too narrow, can't lace Bielsa's boots, sacked by Christmas. <laughs> was very British. This this tweet was um ratioed, and one of the responses to him came from L U F C Kane who said, We've just won 6'2, you melt, which
1: I just love. I'd a love melt. to start calling people a melt. Let's do it. I would, that's a great thing to call someone. Let's make sure it's not incredibly offensive before we start doing it. Actually, you know, let's just do it and find out.
0: Okay. I imagine it just means like you're, you know, you're, you're turning, you turn everything into a puddle. You're a, you're a drag,
1: but it's better. Oh yeah. You
2: know. Melt. Uh, That's yeah. Sure. We'll take it. Uh, I was actually just talking about this, um, watching Love Island with my wife. And uh, I was listening to the people talk and I was just like, man, can, like, can you believe that, you know, they believe they're, they're speaking the, the best form of English because it, it's just clearly not.
1: I thought you meant you were talking about Jesse Marsh with your wife while watching Love Island. Absolutely not. Cause that would probably be pretty <laughs> annoying for her.
0: I don't uh, know. I think I, maybe it's just cause it's novel to me, but I, I love the way. British people express themselves. I'm just, I guess I'm just so used to the, the American modes of communication.
1: So it was, he said, talks bollocks, too narrow. Can't laces be also boots sacked by Christmas. What does too narrow mean? Is that a tactical thing or is he, is that? I think it was a tactical thing. Yeah. It says, you kind of just dropped a a really specific thing into the kind of vague Britishism. Right. So. <laughs> it's tough for an American audience to know. So he should be more clear. The thing about Marsh
0: is if they, I mean, this is very obvious, but if they keep winning or if they start winning and keep winning in the Premier League, nobody's going to care how much bollocks he talks. But if he, if they start losing and start getting in the relegation zone again, you know, his, his like kind of rambling post-game interviews are going to be
2: really unpopular. I imagine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were chanting uh, Bielsa's name. Like, we are right there at the end of the season where it looked like they were about to get relegated. I think it was one of those games where, like, there was a late turnaround or something. But they were chanting Bielsa's name at one point. I remember this hmm. because I was, you know, anti-Jesse Marsh at the time. At the yeah. time. Yeah, you've you, put that behind you, though.
1: Yeah. He basically just needs to win, and then um, then they'll either like him or they won't based on that. Yeah. And talk a bunch of British nonsense in the meantime
0: more succinct way of saying what I was trying to say. What about Serginio
1: Walky? Uh, Barcelona is reporting reportedly, quote, listening to offers for Dest. I don't know. It would seem to me this would be something they would always be doing for all their players. And there's also just always r- reports and rumors around Barcelona, so I don't know what to make of it. But he doesn't appear to be the starter. No.
0: Well, they, they have all kinds, they need money real bad, right? Or at least in, in a um, theoretically fiscally responsible <laughs> reality, they need money. Um, but yeah, he hasn't played a ton on the US tour. Ronald Araujo, the Uruguayan, seems like he's pretty clear at right back. I don't have strong feelings about this situation, though. I think Des will play some at Barcelona if he stays. And as long as he plays a little, plays, uh, you know, plays some,
2: that's fine with me. So so what it seems like basically is is the reason why he's not the guy is is because of Jordi Alba's presence. Hmm. So Xavi seems to prefer to play Jordi Alba uh you know in the attack a ton and contributing a ton uh while the right back uh is a little bit more defensive. So and and we all know who uh, Sergio Dest is. So it seems like he's uh you know it's just kinda of down on the pecking order for for that reason. But it it, it still seems like uh that Javi does rate him somewhat. And uh based on this specific report, it, it seemed like that the reason that they were gonna listen to offers for Serginho was the fact that they couldn't get rid of people like uh Um and uh Martin Braithwaite and uh, you know, just the the dead weight players that they can't sell.
1: And you know, even if he is the backup sometimes being the backup for barcelona that's not a bad career outcome you know in the scheme of things
2: no it's it's a it's not but uh so i would really like to see him get a run of games i I would just like to see him level up a little bit i would also prefer if he played (laughs) right?
1: and continued to get better actually that's goes for pretty much all of the players
0: if, yeah. if he goes to, if he ends up going to like a, a lesser La Liga club and gets a bunch of minutes, that'd be awesome. But um, I, I just don't think it's a, it's a
1: thing to worry too much about. But that's just me. That's just me. Nah, he's going to be, he's going to take over. He's going to be, he's going to, he's going to be running that team soon. <laughs> also, he just doesn't want to leave. He loves Barcelona. What team is John Brooks going to be running soon? He's still keeping his powder dry on that. <laughs> He's not sending any signals out. He wants to keep it really quiet.
2: That boy going to be a Louisville city. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, dude, dude, it's crazy. Cause like he's been free to talk to clubs since January.
0: Yeah. What is going on? Some people are tempted to blame Burhalter for this situation.
2: You know,
1: Brooks being without a club, which is, um, kind of yes. wild.
2: Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
1: I've noticed that some people that he, Berhalter has some critics. Yeah, some. That are inclined to blame him for things.
2: Sometimes unfairly. Sometimes fairly, but it's often unfairly. Ridiculous. I, I mean, I haven't talked about it here, but I've, I have publicly announced that I'm a, that I'm a, a Greg Berhalter stan.
1: So. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Me
2: too. <laughs> I am too. Love the guy.
1: It's his birthday, I guess. I mentioned that, but happy birthday. We think you're great, Greg Berhalter.
2: Yeah, uh, for for your birthday, me and Greg are now Instagram official. We're riding with Greg, man. That's what, it's, that's
0: what it comes down to.
2: Simple as that. But uh, yeah, John, I mean, I, I don't know if he's like waiting for somebody to get hurt on like a, a good team or something, like for somebody to get like a center back injury. That doesn't sound like a good strategy, but maybe that's
1: what he's doing. If you're doing that, John, and you're listening. We think you should go just go sign for a soccer team. Yeah, John, if you're listening, you should come onto the Scuff podcast.
0: I'm at, S, I'm at scuffedpod at gmail.com. Shoot me a note, you know. have been trying to
1: reach you. I have no idea how to do it. I think, <laughs> yeah, he seems like probably the hardest player in the entire pool to reach. But I do think the goal of Scuff should be specifically to interview John Brooks and no one else.
2: Yeah. Jay Brooks.
1: Just to sum
0: it up, that's a little bit troubling. Would love to see him get with the club and and show himself this fall. Gagas Lanina has Fab official signed with Chelsea for fifteen million dollars. He will join them in January. Oh, he will join their loan army in January to be more precise.
1: Yeah. He's gonna finish out the year with Chicago and then go I assume to some where is Chelsea sending players these days? Good question. Don't know. I, I guess absolutely. it doesn't really mean so he could just play somewhere and it, it doesn't really matter if you're a goalkeeper, right? Just, just play. Go, go a place where people kick the ball at the goal
2: hard. I, I mean, mean, of I mean, course there's other things too, but like, I, like I would, I would rather watch less of the championship, but you know, he, he's right. probably going to end up in the championship.
1: I've got yeah. bad news for you because <laughs> I think watching the championship <laughs> is going to be a pretty regular thing.
2: You have to I oui. I agree. It's rough. It's a rough and tumble league, and I, I didn't. I did not expect it to be this bad. But uh, we'll we'll get to that. On a uh, God on Gaga real quick. Um, it's it's just an extremely powerful name. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, just at, like every syllable is not like no syllable is wasted in this name. Like you you could easily see him becoming like like uh, his name is gonna give him like mythical status before he even earns it like he's going to be a one name keeper you know what I'm saying like we got to face gaga today like gaga sounds like a, a keeper that you're absolutely terrified to face and 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 you know that you might rack up like 4xG and not and not score a single goal really strong
1: name yeah. even even when you add in the sonina you got yeah.
2: it's, a, it's a powerhouse
1: yeah. of a name i don't want to get balked down on that but is it really that strong of a name mm-hmm. absolutely you're asking is it a giovanni reina level name maybe not
2: I don't know, like for for a goalkeeper specifically, like you talking to your friends, you know, like oh, uh, we we got Gaga today. That's true. Like I like I like eyes get big, your, your mouth gets a little dry. It's, it's I, yeah, that's true. Fear inspiring. Like,
1: I think Giovanni Reyna is a good field player name. That's not a good goalkeeper name at all. And right. that's maybe the power of Gaga's name is that it's so specific to goalkeeping. He was basically born to do this or
2: named to do it. Like I think of a uh, Gigi Buffon. Mm,
1: that's yeah, what it
2: is.
0: There you go. Okay. I accept. Uh, one more thing before we go to the break. Uh, the scuff podcast can add award winning to its resume. We are the winners of the world soccer talk best podcast 2022 announced today. I have not fully sorted out how to make the most of this glorious victory, but rest assured I am working on it. So. Are you still kind of processing the, what well, must've been some pretty exciting news? Yeah, you know, I would tell my friends and family if I thought they would care or not be embarrassed <laughs> for me at telling them,
2: but yeah. yeah. It's one of those things you can't really talk about. You can. We can talk about it here, I guess. Well, well, when I send this DM to uh Airborne 69 to come on the show, I'm I'm definitely going to put this in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good so, call. Yeah.
0: All right, we're going to um we're going to go to a break and if you want to listen to the rest of this podcast, you're going to have to become a Patreon subscriber. So this up to now goes on the free feed, the rest of it. And we got plenty more to talk about. We got the Panenka and U S open cup. We got Josh Sargent's emotionally uh, taxing appearance for Norwich and a lot of striker performances, some, uh, some women's soccer news and tons. I'm talking tons of lesser U S men's national team news to get through. So, um, you know join the patreon the link is in the show notes
2: i have to say you, you guys are going to want to sign up for the josh sergeant the josh sergeant discourse we're we're all coming together uh we're in josh sergeant's anonymous all, all of us please join us thank you
0: all right we'll be back in a second